0: Hello, football fans in Hamilton from coast to coast and around the world. Yes, this is the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML, brought to you by Wizen's Law. Rick Samprin back for another season of fifth quarter action following every Tie Cats home and away game. And the preseason is now officially underway. And for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, it translated into a 25 16 defeat in Toronto at the revamped BMO Field against those arch-rival Argonauts. So, obviously, being the preseason, not the end of the world, but we will talk about what we uh, saw and what we heard and what we witnessed today in terms of how the Ticats prepared and then fared on the field. And, of course, this being the fifth quarter, we are live and interactive for uh, an hour. We're going to be on air until 8 tonight. So we'll take your calls at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. You can also email your thoughts on tonight's game and your thoughts on this season as we'll get into a bunch of issues over the next uh, well, 65 minutes or so. Rick at 900CHML.com Use the email. You can also tweet your thoughts on today's game and this season at Rick Zamprin or at AM900CHML. We'll also have a couple of interviews for you to play or to listen to uh, throughout the hour. I spoke with a former Ticats receiver Mike Morreale, uh just yesterday, actually. Because on Monday night, he is going to be inducted into the Cat's Claws Fan Club Walk of Fame. I'll be emceeing the dinner at Carmen's on Monday night. Should be a lot of fun. It always is. He has some uh, great guest speakers coming up, including Rob Hitchcock, who we shared a Cat's uniform for many, many years. We'll nominate our player of the game today. It was kind of weird. Unless you were at the game, you couldn't see the game because it wasn't broadcast on television. But... You still have a voice. You still know what happened today. So we'll nominate our player of the game today. It can be an Argonaut. I know that might be a stretch for many of our fans out there. Uh, And, of course, it can be a Ticats player. And at the end of the night, at the end of the fifth quarter, we'll also name our fifth quarter fan of the night as well. Ticats will wrap up the preseason next Friday night. They will be at Tim Hortons Field as they take on the Ottawa Red Blacks. That is a 7.30 p.m. start time uh, in Hamilton, and that one should be an interesting one as well. All right, let's go through the scoring summary tonight before we take your calls and emails and tweets. And uh, really, the Argonauts dominated the opening quarter of today's game, outscoring Hamilton 10-0. to nothing. Uh, Logan Kilgore opening up the scoring with a 17-yard touchdown toss to Vidal Hazelton. And just before the first quarter came to an end, uh, Liram Haralahu with a 37-yard field goal to make it 10-0 Argos after the first quarter of play. Jeremiah Masoli, by the way, started this game for Hamilton. He went 6-9 of nine for 43 yards. Economical? Yeah, I'd say so. Wasn't horrible. Uh, second quarter of play, really all tie cats. They turned the tables on the Argonauts. Jeff Matthews to... Tyquan Underwood, a 50-yard bomb to make it 10-7 for Toronto. Matthews, with a couple of interceptions in that second quarter, was sacked as well. Brett Maher hit uh, two field goals in that second quarter, one from 36 yards out with about four minutes to play or so to not the game at 10. And Maher then gave the Tycats their first lead of the ballgame as they scored 13 unanswered points in the second quarter. He booted a 38-yard field goal just before halftime. Two of two on the day for Maher. 13-10 at the half for Hamilton. Really a tale of two quarters to begin the game. Third quarter play, Cody Mandel took over the kicking duties, and uh, his first attempt was a 50-yard try, but it was way wide left. Zach Medeiros followed suit for the Argos, tying the game at 13. He hit a 27-yard field goal. Mandel... Came off the mat, responded well, a 51-yard field goal attempt. That was good with about 245 to play in the third quarter, restoring Hamilton's lead to 16-13. Medeiros had another opportunity to tie the game just before the end of the third quarter, but he was short from 46 yards away. So to the fourth quarter we go, Hamilton with a 16-13 advantage. Mandel concedes a safety to start the fourth quarter. So it's 16-15 Hamilton. Medeiros follows up about four minutes later with a 24-yard field goal, his second of the game. 18-16 Toronto, and they would not look back. Mitchell Gale to Wallace Miles for a five-yard touchdown strike. uh, Just under three minutes to play in the ballgame. Final score, Toronto 25, Hamilton 16. I did get a tweet as well just after a what we all thought was a pick six for the Argos. Thomas Gordon uh, returned a Jake Waters interception, 55 yards for TD, but that was negated by an offside. Sandy tweeted, uh, why was the Argo interception and touchdown called back? Can't understand the announcer here at all. Uh, basically, yeah, it was an offside. So that touchdown was no good. All right, 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. You can email rick at 900CHML.com. On Twitter at AM900CHML, at Rick Zamprin. You can also use the CHML app if you like. Hit that conversation button. Plenty things to talk about in this TICAT season, let alone this game. You know, it's kind of hard to judge how this team played. Because it's the preseason, there's so many different guys who are playing in roles that they might not necessarily be playing during the regular season, and there are a lot of guys as well who are simply not going to be on this team because they'll be cut. This this For, for some guys, this could be their last go-round on a pro football field. Hard to stomach for many of them, because they're trying to extend their football journey, and sometimes it just does not work out. So here are some of the issues that we can discuss on the fifth quarter. We're live until 8 tonight here on AM 900 CHML. Of the Ticats who have left this team in the offseason, there were a bunch. Which player will the team miss the most? You can also include a coach in there as well. Offensive coordinator Tommy Gondell, slotback Bakari Grant, slotback Terrell Singfield, linebacker Taylor Reed, linebacker Eric Harris, defensive tackle Brian Hall, D-tackle Brian Bulky, defensive end Justin Hickman, or kicker Justin Medlock. I have my choice of the Ticats who have left the team in the offseason, which Will the team miss the most in 2016? Of all those guys, to me, undoubtedly, because there is a question mark surrounding this position, my choice on that is Justin Medlock. As good as Brett Maher has kicked in the preseason, in today's game included, and throughout practice, throughout training camp at Rodgeray Stadium at McMaster University, that still remains a question mark. We know that Brett Maher has experience in the Canadian Football League. He had a decent CFL start with the Ottawa Redblacks. But Justin Medlock is an elite level kicker. Can Brett Maher get there? Can he produce not only in clutch situations, but those long bomb kicks for crucial points? Can he do it? a la Justin Medlock, and what he did over the last number of years for not only the Ticats, but the Argos as well. So the Ticats who have left in the offseason, which player is this team going to miss the most? And you can throw in offensive coordinator Tommy Condell as well. Bakari Grant, Terrell Singfield, Taylor Reed, Eric Harris, Brian Hall, Brian Bulkey, Justin Hickman, Justin Medlock. Look at that D-line, and it is really revamped. Apart from Ted Laurent, who, who didn't play today. Really, you're going to have three new starters on that D-line. John Schick's going to be there, and, and that's great. That's a tremendous pickup. At 33 years of age, he still has a lot left in the tank. And I would say a little bit of a chip on his shoulder as well. You know, you got a guy who was dispatched by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders because, well, he was earning a, a paycheck that they thought was not going to be conducive to what he was going to deliver on the field. And so the Ticats Cats said, "Oh, you want to you want to dump John Chick? Okay, we'll we'll take him." Adrian Tracy's another guy who we saw a little bit of last year, and hope to see a lot more of this year because from what we did see, he played pretty good. Played pretty good. Who else is going to occupy that middle of the D line alongside Ted LaRon? gonna be drake nevis gonna be michael atkinson lyndon Gadosh. who's gonna be that guy in the middle is it gonna be delano johnson can you stick him in the middle i think he's a little too light to be a middle guy but defensive coordinator orlando steinauer does have you know flexibility in his defense there's other new faces on the defense as well you know the middle linebacker is it going to be hoffman ellis Can you move someone else in there? Chase Minifield got hurt today. Was he the answer at that cornerback position, or are they looking at Clishon Page? This D is going to be a lot a lot different from last year. Craig Butler's gone with potentially a season-ending injury, so Courtney Stevens now at safety. Devon Washington is a new addition on the wide side cornerback position. I really liked him when he was with Winnipeg, and I think he's a good addition to this Tycats secondary. Emmanuel Davis and Rico Murray, I think, are solid at the halves. Those two cornerback positions, though, apart from Washington, really. They're not going to replace Delvin Bro. We've been saying that for a couple of years now. Irreplaceable, really. A guy of that talent, really hard to replace. So who do you think is, and this is our first question of the night, of the Ticats who've left the team in the offseason, which will the Cats miss the most this year? A lot of options to choose from because, well, there was a lot of guys who left out. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. You can email Rick at 900CHML.com. On Twitter, at AM900CHML, at Rick Zamprin. Email coming in from Anthony. Rick, first, welcome back, my friend. Listen to the game. Was nice to see the kids play. Timis, Pointer, Jones, cutting the roster down Monday is going to be tough. Maher and Mandel are going to have a heck of a duel for the kicking spot. It's going to be tough, but we'll miss Eric Norwood. There's another guy. I did not even have him on my list. How dare I? Eric Norwood's another guy that this Ticats team is going to miss this offseason. I knew I was missing someone. I was, I was writing down all the names. I thought, ah, I think I'm missing somebody. I think there's more than that. Eric Norwood, a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. No longer with the team. I think they'll miss him. But to me, that Justin Medlock, that kicking position, so crucial in the Canadian Football League. And from what we saw today, you know, Brett Marrow was 2-for-2 two two, connecting on field goals from 36 and 38 yards. And Cody Mandel, 1-for-2. He was good from 51, but wide left from 50. They also conceded a safety as well. So I don't think the coaching staff and special teams coordinator Jeff Reimbold can really take today's game and say, "Yeah, we we got our guy. We know who's going to kick for the rest of the season. We we have our we have our Justin Medlock replacement, if you will." I don't think they can say that right now. Don't think they can say that right now. Here's the flip side to the who they're going to miss the most is which new Ticat will make the biggest impact in 2016. And again, there are a few newcomers to this ball club, including offensive coordinator Steph Potasek. There's also slotback Chad Owens, defensive end John Chick, who I mentioned, linebacker Alex Hoffman-Ellis, cornerback Damon Washington, the two kickers, Maher and Mandel, as well as rookie running back, Mercer Timmis, who, to me, I mean, if he's going to make this ball club, he's not going to make it as a starting running back. He might not even make it as a backup running back. He's going to make it as a special teams guy. Mercer Timmis, a talented CIS running back, and maybe one day will be a CFL running back. At the CIS level, he he was the Jesse Lumsden of the Calgary Dinos outstanding ball player. But beginning your CFL career, especially as a Canadian at a skill position, really tough to crack the code, especially in year one. So you pay your dues on special teams, and then you find yourself in some game situations, and you start building that game film, you start building that confidence when things go right, and, of course, you're going to make mistakes. you got to learn from those mistakes and not make them again if you do that, you'll stick around for a while. Ask Matt Coates. Matt Coates, a perfect example, a Hamilton Hurricanes alumni who really fought his way, scratched and clawed his way onto this Ticats roster, and primarily still plays special teams, and that will be his role this season as well. But once in a while, they'll put him in at receiver to spell, um, whether it's an Andy Fantuz or a Spencer Watt, Giovanni Aprile, very much in a Matt Coates mold right now, trying to make this team as a special teamer. And hopefully one day we'll prove to the coaching staff that, and, and his teammates as well, that he can get the job done. Not only in those critical uh, situations, but, you know, any portion of the game. For me, which new tie Cat will make the biggest impact in 2016? I think this one's a slam dunk as well. As much as I think Justin Medlock is a slam dunk on the player that they'll miss the most, I think the guy that's going to make the biggest impact this season for Hamilton is going to be John Chick. You know, you lose a guy like Eric Norwood. You lose a guy like Justin Hickman, Brian Hall, Brian Bulky. You have a revamped defensive line. From a starter's perspective, Ted LaRon is the only guy who's coming back. So to add an individual like John Chick, who has a Grey Cup ring, who has awards on his trophy case, if you will, who's played in big games, who's won big games, and just happens to be, at least in my opinion, still one of the elite pass rushers in the Canadian Football League. So what if he's 33? The guy can still get to the quarterback. And maybe most importantly, if you've ever spoken with John Chick, he's just a nice guy. He's a solid dude. He's going to fit in nicely in this Thai Cats locker room, without a doubt. So I think he's going to make the biggest impact among all the new Tiger Cats this year. And I only named a few. But of all the new ones this season, John Chick, I think, is going to make a humongous impact in 2016. I'm not saying Steph Potasic's not, and I'm not saying Chad Owens is not or Deon Washington or some of the other guys I mentioned. But At the top of that list in terms of impact this season, John Chick, without a doubt, to me, is going to make that big impact. What do you say? 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. Call in or email in rick at 900CHML.com. Your thoughts here on the fifth quarter on AM 900CHML. If you're at the game today at BMO Field, Call up, tweet us, send an email, and tell us what you thought. By all accounts, it was a successful opening day at BMO Field. Sun was shining, the weather cooperated, the sight lines. I've been to BMO. It's, It's a fantastic facility. Easy to get to, plenty of parking around, awesome sight lines. Now, mind you, I've only gone for a soccer game. I'd be a little bit different for football, but I doubt it. Let me know. You can tweet at AM900CHML, at Rick Amprin as well. Three biggest keys to this season. I'm going to pose the questions or the statements, and I'll give you some answers after our first break here on the fifth quarter. Three biggest keys to this season. There's probably a few more, but these I think are the three biggest. The quarterback play until Zach Caleros returns. I mean, obviously this is a no-brainer. A, who starts, B, whoever does, can they play well enough for the Cats to have a better than winning record, you know, going 0-3 or 1-4 or whatever the case is, until Zach returns. And again, we don't know when that date is, but that quarterback play until Zach comes back is absolutely paramount. I know Jeff Matthews threw for, what was it, 176 yards today. I think it was 8 of 14 at one TD, two interceptions. I don't know if that's going to cut it. Turning the ball over is not going to cut it. Quarterbacks in this offense have to make good decisions. And giving the ball to the other team is not going to work in that quarterback's favor. So whether it's Masoli or Matthews or whoever jumps up and says, hey, I'm the starter... The other two guys at this point, Ja'Cory Harris and Jake Waters, I think are still too far back to make that leap. That quarterback play until Zach Caleros returns is absolutely huge. That's one of the biggest keys to the season. I think that might be the biggest key to the season until Caleros comes back. And that leads me into point number two on the biggest keys to this season. How long will it take Caleros to to return to form when he does return. It's not automatic that he's going to come back and, you know, throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns and lead the league in both of those categories and be an MLP candidate again. He might come back and struggle for two or three or four weeks. He might come back and realize that he, he's got to catch up, not only in terms of, executing the playbook but the game might just be a little too fast at that point now I'm completely guessing he might come back and light it up right out of the gate and I'm confident he probably will but I think we still have to ask the question and the third biggest key is will this year's defense be as dominating as last year's group because we know all of last year that you know the conversation was who had the better defense? Was it Hamilton or was it Edmonton? And oh man, oh man, when these two teams were supposed to meet in the Grey Cup, it was going to be a slobber knocker. Will this year's D be as dominating as last year? We'll touch on those three big keys. We'll get your impact as well. We're going to name our fifth quarter fan of the night. Our player of the game voting is underway. We'll also hear from former Tiger Cat Mike Moriali, as well. This is the 5th quarter. It's brought to you by Wizen's Law and you're listening to AM 900 CHML. Hey, welcome back. This is the fifth quarter on Hamilton's News Talk Leader, AM 900 CHML. cats falling 25-16 to the Argos in preseason game number one. Hamilton will be back at it this coming Friday night at Tim Hortons Field when Hamilton takes on the Ottawa Red Blacks. It's a 7.30 start time. Fifth quarter will start uh, in and around 10.30 or so, always after the game. Once the final whistle goes, we will be on the air, so you can count on us to be here answering your calls, taking your questions, talking about Ticats and CFL football. If you have a comment on today's game or you want to talk about some of the things that are itching at you throughout this upcoming CFL season, whether it's Ticats or any other team, uh, you can call in at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. You can email rick at 900chml.com, on Twitter as well, at am 900 chml. At Rick Samper. And don't forget, if you do want to interact as well regarding of the Cats players who have left in the offseason, which do you think they'll miss the most? And of the new guys who've come in, who's going to make the biggest impact? We can talk about that as well. Jeff has called into the show. Jeff, good evening. How are you?
1: Not bad, Rick. How are you?
0: Not too bad. Thanks for king- kicking us off here on the caller portion of the fifth quarter.
1: That's oh, an honor, man. I'm glad to, glad to be the first.
0: <sighs> good stuff. What do you want to talk about?
1: Uh, I think they should give the start for quarterback for the season to Ja'Cory Harris, to be honest. Okay.
0: okay, why do you say that?
1: We've seen Jeff Matthews. We've seen Mazzoli. I mean, either way, it's a gamble. You know, let's get some new blood out there. Get him, get him going. I, I like the way he plays. You know, we haven't seen much from him, but give him a shot. Get him out there. Why not?
0: So you, you, you think maybe his ceiling is a little bit higher than the other two guys? Or you just want to see what he's able to do? Yeah.
1: I mean, we, we've seen the other two already, so yep. why, not... why not give to Harris a shot? Let him go. Let him get out there. Let him get out there and get comfortable and, and run the offense, right?
0: What does your gut tell you in terms of what he can provide for this team?
1: I, I personally, I don't know why. I, just, I personally think he can be a solid quarterback, the number two guy.
0: He certainly has the physical tools. I mean, he can throw the ball well. He's a good scrambler. He had a great career at the University of Miami with the Hurricanes down uh, in in the NCAA. So, I mean, he, he can play this game. Whether he has a grasp of the playbook or can execute it on the field, we really haven't seen that for an extended period of time.
1: Exactly. So let's get him out there and give him a shot.
0: Yeah. Hey, I want to ask you about our uh, or one of our two questions today. Who, who do you think the Ticats are going to miss the most of the of the players who left? Uh, you know, like Taylor Reid or Eric Harris or Bakari Grant. Uh, Justin Medlock in that crew. And, and who of the newcomers do you think are going to make the biggest impact this year?
2: Well,
1: personally, I'm going to miss Terrell um, Sinkfield.
0: Terrell Sinkfield, yeah.
1: Sinkfield and Medlock. That's that's a, that's
0: a toss-up right there between those two. Yeah. Oh, they both had a huge impact last season on this team. Mm. And any of the newcomers that you're excited about, whether it's you know Chad Owens or John Chick or Demond Washington, maybe one of the two kickers?
1: I had a chance to meet Chad Owens at the draft party. And I liked him, and he's, he's still got, he's full of energy, he's ready to rock, so I'm, I'm saying Chad Owens.
0: Was, was there any apprehension from from your part, knowing that here's a former Argo, who, who beat us a few times, won a great cup for Toronto, now he's the tie cat, were, were any of those thoughts kind of in your mind as you were about to meet him?
1: Absolutely, and I, I said it to him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was his reply?
1: He said, let's do this, let's, let's, do it. let's get it, let's win.
0: So Good to yeah. hear. And and that's and that's what you want to hear.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: Hey Jeff, thanks for the call. Uh, thanks for uh, kicking us off here on the fifth quarter. All right, thanks, Rick. Great call from Jeff. You want to get in on the action as well? Call us up at nine zero five six four five three two two one star nine nine hundred on your smartphone. You can email Rick at nine hundred chmlcom dot com on Twitter at am nine hundred chml. At Rick Zamper and Anthony chiming in again. Uh, I also think Stefan Potastic will have a huge impact on the season. Losing Condell was tough, but a tremendous addition to our coaching staff and that's a good point because here's a guy who played at the CFL level. Here's a guy who really um, led a lot of his McMaster Marauders players uh, on the right path and made them into CFL players. You look at the you know rosters from years gone by that Steph Potasick, Uh, recruited to McMaster, and then developed as football players and young men. A lot of those guys are in the Canadian Football League now, so I think that's going to be a great addition to this Ticats coaching staff because he's been there and done that, and um, I think we'll continue to do that as a member of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Allen emailing in to Rick at 900chml.com. Hey there, Rick. I think our defense can be as dominant as it was last year with who we have on this team. If Rolando Steinauer trains them hard... I thought Taylor Reed was replaceable. Brian Hall was good, but 10 Laurent made him better. Our backfield with Murray and Davis and Sears will gel and play well. And Devon Washington was a nice off-season pickup. Courtney Stevens should be the cornerback on the other side, not the safety. It might take until the end of the summer to gel, but we will be that dominant force, just won't be overnight. Laurent, Chick, and Lawrence will lead this defense. I think Alex Huffman-Ellis will be a leader back there also, and uh, this, with having a possible healthy C.J. Gable and big guys like Michael Ford and Ross Shureman, uh we need a running game the next eight weeks, which will take the load off of the passing game. That email from Allen. There's a lot of good points there. I will say this, of the three guys on defense that you name that are going to be the leaders of this defense, slam dunk. It's going to be Simone, it's going to be John Chicken, it'll be Big Teddy Laurent as well. Those are the three keys in the cog, the three spokes in the wheel that are going to get this. Ticats defense roaring again. Courtney Stephen, though, I think is going to be pretty good at safety. I mean, here's a guy who played safety at college, came to the CFL, was switched to corner. And when I spoke with him early on at training camp and asked him, hey, what do you think about this move? I know you played safety in the NCAA. I know it's been a, you know, a couple of years since you got there. And, and he loves it. And for the simple fact that he can see the entire field now. He can direct traffic. He knows what angles to take and how to get to the ball carrier to intercept a pass or deflect a pass or make a big tackle, disrupt a pass pattern. I thought he really had, I don't want to say a coming out party last year, but I think last year was his best season as a Cat. And I know we always want to see our tie Cats players be the best in the league, but sometimes there's a, a growing process. There are very few players in any pro sports league who are going to make an absolute incredible impact in year number one. For a lot of guys, really, for the, major- for the mass majority of guys, it's going to take them two or three or maybe even a little bit longer years to find their game, to find their position, to find where they're supposed to be and, and make the biggest impact that they can. Email from, uh, oh, Stephen, out in Penticton, B.C. I think it's Penticton. Pretty sure. I know it's B.C. Thanks, Stephen, for emailing in. Uh, great to have you, uh, Rick, and the Ticats back in 2016. Typical preseason game. Lots of guys to look at. We would have liked the Cats to win, but getting a look at everyone is far more important. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Stephen continues to write, to answer your question, I think Medlock in Norwood will be the most missed this year. Looking forward to listening to the next preseason game. Shame, shame, TSN. <laughs> uh, no TV for any preseason games again this year. For our Cats, regards Steven. Yeah, I can't really comment on why they're not showing um, the Cats games, or the preseason games at least, on TV. My, my only guess is it's because they're uh, airing uh, the soccer tournament right now. And that's only a guess because I'm not sure what the discussion was. But, uh, yeah, it would be nice to see Cats preseason ball on TV. Now, the good thing is, If you're in Hamilton, I mean, it doesn't really help Steven, but if you're in Hamilton, you can go to the game next Friday night. And if you can't, well, hey, there's nine other regular season games that you can attend as well. All right, before we take the break, and again, you can call in at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone, rick at 900chml.com. At Rick Samprin at AM900CHML on Twitter as well. Get to another couple of tweets, including one from Jimmy, who says, "My guess for new player that will make the biggest impact this season is Chad Owens. Can't go wrong with adding to the wide receiver spot." This is an area of the field that is really intriguing to me—that that receiver position. And hear me out here, because we have a group of individuals. And I'm just talking about the starters right now, because these guys are going to make the biggest impact. They're going to get the most playing time. They're going to be on the field for, you know, 90% of the time this season, and maybe even more in some cases. So let's go through the guys who are 100%, you know, this Ticats team can count on. Luke Tasker, probably at the top of the list. I mean, the guy plays tough, always on the field, you know, save for today because it's preseason, makes the big catch. Catches in traffic, has great hands, makes the dazzling grab. This guy does it all. Holds on kicks. Actually, he's holding today. So he's in there. Andy Fantuz has all the talent in the world. And, you know, the question that follows Fantuz and will follow him until he probably retires is, can he be healthy enough to play an entire season? Hey, this is football. It's not, uh, you know, botchy. There's contact. Guys are going to get hurt. Can Fan 2s play 18 games or 16 or even 14? Can he be healthy? Chad Owens at 34, I think, can still get the job done. But there's people that are going to question him to say, hmm eh, I don't know. He's on the wrong side of 30. He's playing a skill position. Does he still have that speed to do it at the CFL level? I think he can. We'll see it this season. Spencer Watt, and I spoke with Spencer about midway through the first couple of weeks of training camp. Because here's a guy, and I asked him right off the right off the skip. Listen, you sign a contract, you miss the entire season because you got hurt, and a year later, after signing your deal, now you're finally on the field with this team. And I'm paraphrasing, but basically said, Yeah, I know, it's kind of weird. But I'm glad to be here. And he's working hard, and he admitted to me that, yeah, there was some rust coming out of the gate, learning the playbook, getting back on the field, you know, believing in his health, that it was going to be there, and his and his body wasn't going to fail him again. Lyndon Gadosh was uh, another guy who admitted that, uh, yeah, having a great time, but he's going to get the rust kind of off the armor. But at the receiver position, Tasker, Fantuz, Owens, Watt. You add Tolliver and Underwood. Junior Collins in the mix from a depth position. Matt Coates in a prelay from a Canadian depth position. This is a pretty solid group of players. I don't think the Ticats have anything to worry about in terms of their receiver position. They're pretty stacked. We get to running back as well when we come back. After the break, who do you think is going to be the biggest impact of the new Ticats? Which Ticat is this Hamilton team going to miss the most? And we'll go through the biggest keys of the season as well. When we come back, this is the fifth quarter brought to you by Wissons Law on AM 900 CHML. Thanks for tuning in to the fifth quarter here on Hamilton's News Talk Leader, AM 900 CHML. Rick Zamprin here. It's the fifth quarter brought to you by Wissons Law. Ticats going down to defeat 25-16 to the Argos at the uh, rejuvenated, revamped, redone BMO field. Uh, only the preseason, and there you know were some questions following the game in terms of who played well and who didn't. But uh, again, with so many guys rotating in and out, it's so hard to evaluate from a team perspective how they played because the coaches are really looking at individually how – Particular players perform in certain situations. We'll get a little bit better of an idea this coming Friday night when the Tiger Cats take on the Red Blacks at Tim Hortons Field in their preseason finale. And uh, then it's off to uh, week number one, June 23rd, back at BMO Field against the Argos and uh, right out of the gate, big game for both teams. If you want to join in on the fun, you can do so in a number of ways. You can call us here in the studio at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. You can email rick at 900chml.com and on Twitter at am900chml and at Rick Zamprin. We're live until 8 o'clock tonight. Before all is said and done, we'll name our player of the game as well as our fifth quarter fan of the night, as well frank's called into the program frank good evening how are you i'm great how are you i'm not too bad thanks for calling
2: okay uh first off i'd like to agree with you definitely be uh justin medlock we will miss the most because uh he certainly helped us out in many occasions that just you know took over the game he's money on every shot basically Mm -hmm. so but uh and you made a comment that uh hopefully you know it was just a comment i understand that's just an observation that Hopefully we don't start out one and four, and then waiting for Zach to come back. Like I hope that's not the attitude. They got to go in there to win every game. Whoever is playing, um, and then it only makes it easier to maybe just if they are they do start out with a good record. You know, they start out quick, and you know, win, win three and win lose one, whatever. Hopefully, mm-hmm. and uh, then you just ease Zach in that he just doesn't jump in and try to be the hero. You know what I mean? And that's. The way I feel about it. I'm a little disappointed it wasn't on T V, like I'm sure a lot of people are. Yeah. But uh yeah. but uh I had a few friends call me saying, Where's the game? And I'm <laughs> like, it ain't on. like, there's nothing you can do, like and uh i think they were calling their tv providers and
0: <laughs> <laughs> complaining yeah well I, yeah at the end of the day as consumers really whether you're you're watching football or any program if you don't have what you want to watch on tv you're going to complain it's really out of our out of our power and yeah, it's disappointing mind. at the end of the day because neither of the tie cats games are going to be on tv and that's really robbing a lot of people from around the world really who are tie cats fans who exactly. want to see what's going on
2: exactly i, I totally agree yeah it's just- you know, I've seen this happen before, and it was like, "Where's the game?" Well, there's you know—that they got a game on later on tonight. BC Saskatchewan. I mean, I don't understand the problem, but uh, yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to make a couple of those quick observations, and uh, it's nice talking to you again. I've talked to you many times, and I'm, hopefully, I'll talk to you again.
0: Appreciate the call. Take care, All right. Frank. All right, bye. Great call by Frank here, and and really the comments surrounding the Zach Kolaros and the record. And, you know, the basis of that is we, we don't know when he's coming back, and when you look at the schedule. I really doubt the Ticats Cats going to be 1-3 or 0-3 or 1-4. Unless their quarterback play is really horrible. They start in Toronto. They host BC. They host Winnipeg. They're in Montreal. That's their first four games. And you look at that, and you say... They could be four and zero. They could be three and one. They could be two and two. They could be one and three. They could be zero and four. This league is going to be really wide open this year. I think. I think this season, for the first time in many years, is going to be completely wide open. I think parity is going to rule the day. I I do think there are bottom feeders in this league. I think Montreal is one of them, and I have a sneaking suspicion that Saskatchewan will remain there as well. Winnipeg and B.C., I really have no idea how they're going to do because they've made some interesting changes. And the teams that have been, at least over the last number of years, at the top will probably stay there. But I don't think we're going to see a team that's 3-15, and and I don't think we're going to see a team that's 15-3. and I think Saskatchewan's going to be a little bit better with Chris Jones and a healthy Darian Durant if he can stay healthy. But they're going to struggle to be consistent enough to win, you know, seven, eight, nine games. That's too tall of an order in year one of the Chris Jones era in Ryderville. Montreal, to me, is a team that is searching for an identity. They'll still have a good defense. It's not going to be as good as it has been in past years, at least on paper. But that quarterback situation really scares me. Kevin Glenn and a bunch of guys who are either trying to prove themselves or trying to get back onto the saddle. Yeah, they have Deron Carter back. But man, oh man, that's, that's a powder keg in Montreal in terms of how close they are to just imploding at any point of the season. Toronto, I think, is going to be solid. Ottawa, I think, is going to be good. Hamilton, I think, is going to be good. Edmonton and Calgary, they just have too much talent to not be good. Winnipeg, I have no idea because they've made so many changes. They could be amazing or they could just be so lackluster because they're just not used to playing with each other. We've we've seen it time and time again. Teams making so many changes in the offseason, it just doesn't work. They just don't come together. For whatever reason, they just can't find that spark. So I, I think this season is going to be wide open. BC, I think, might be, to me, the most interesting team. Because you have a new quarterback who I think has a lot of promise in Jonathan Jennings. You have a quarterback who has won a great cup in Travis Lula's who's now the backup. And now you have the GM, who's now the head coach again, Wally Bono, and he just happens to be the best head coach in the history of this game. At least in terms of victories. But They've made a number of changes as well. They're going to have a new guy at running back who's going to try and carry the load. They have the ugliest uniforms in the CFL, but (laughs) that doesn't really translate into wins and losses uh, on the schedule. Nine zero five six four five three two two one star nine nine hundred on your smartphone. You can email Rick at nine hundred chml dot com on Twitter at am nine hundred chml at Rick Sampran. Your thoughts on tonight's game or this season? Who do you think is going to make the biggest impact in terms of the newcomers on this year of the guys the Tie Cats lost in the off season? Who do you think they're going to miss the most? Let me know. Before we take more of your calls and emails and tweets. Had a chance to speak with Mike Morreale yesterday about his induction coming up this Monday night into the Cats' claws Fan Club Walk of Fame, and I asked Mike for his reaction on that induction.
3: Well, I was I was pretty excited actually. It was uh, you know I I consider it a a great honor when you look at all the other uh, former players that have been put on the on the wall or on the walk. Uh, and the Cats' claws does such a tremendous job, uh, not only as fans, but what they do in the community. So I was—it's exciting night, and, and you know, selfishly, it's great to get a whole bunch of old friends together and have a good time too.
0: What were your expectations when you started your CFL career?
3: Well, you know what—I I did have lofty goals, but they were primarily all team-related. You know, winning great Cups and 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 the like, and you know, getting to play in big games. So I never really anticipated any individual honors and you know i was i was fortunate to be able to to get a few of those uh, along my career but really i mean football being the ultimate team sport and you're only as good as the other guys beside you so i was blessed to play with just a ton of great guys and um, you know a lot of characters and a lot of uh, guys that did what it took to win and and they were fun to play with
0: a lot of guys will say that they, they just wanted to play you know 10 years in the league is that a goal that, that you added in mind
3: yeah. You know what? I never looked at it for, for that time. Cause I, you know, I ended up playing 12, but when I look back, man, it flew by. Uh, and, and you know, I, I really felt I could have played another, another one or two if, if, uh, if need be, if the, if the opportunity was there, but, um, yeah, I never looked at the longevity of things. I guess I just, I always anticipated and kind of daydreamed about what it was like to play in a big championship game. And, you know, I was fortunate got to do playing three of those and, um, you know it came on the right side of two of them so it was great but it was it was really for me at that time as as a true tiecat fan as a little kid was i couldn't even imagine the thrill of walking on to, to Iverwind stadium so all my dreams you know came true and and uh, very fortunate uh, that it happened that way and certainly it took a lot of hard work and effort, and there was some down times too, but it was worth every step of the way.
0: This being the Cat's Claws Walk of Fame, what's uh, some of your top memories as a Tiger Cat?
3: Oh, man. I, I mean, I think the majority of my memories playing football come from um, the Thai Cats in one way or another. The, you know, the, the memory I have from playing for the opposition was playing in the Grey Cup at Iverwind Stadium back in 1996. That kind of was my first, you know, real, oh-my-God moment. Uh, and then the rest of the time was just... Being able to put on the black and gold, run out the tunnel, uh, you know, play in the Labor Day games, play in front of uh, you know all our fans, and and in the in the comfy confines of uh, Ivor Wynn. But you know, I, I remember some of the big games. I remember the guys more than anything. I remember the camaraderie. I remember the Grey Cup. Uh, being able to have the Grey Cup parade back in Hamilton, and and uh, you know, and I remember the the loss too. You you just kind of it's how you it's those memories that mean the most to me it's just the when you see the guys you played with after you haven't seen them for a long time and you just pick up where you left off that to me is the the most important thing and be able to do something special for this city back in 1999 was was probably the ultimate
0: being a local guy playing for the local team does it mean a little bit more to be a hamilton tiger cat being from this area
3: well, it certainly did for me. I, I mean, I I played all my football in in Hamilton, whether it was in high school, in uh, university, um, or professionally. I mean, the bulk of everything I did, with the exception of four years, was spent in the city. So um, I, I knew it was like to play at Iberwin when I was, you know, a, a teenager playing uh, high school football. Uh, you know, I knew it was like to play in the city in university for for Mac, but. There's nothing compared to actually playing for the Tie Cats. I mean, that 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 to me was was the ultimate, and uh, all those uh, kind of memories they just they just fly by, quite frankly. But when you have like events like this and you're able to look back, that to me is is kind of a cool, neat thing about uh, you know spending a lot of time in one place.
0: Who or, or what pushed you towards football when you were smaller?
3: You know, I never, uh, I played soccer for 16 years growing up, and uh, I was a goalie, and I think I kind of got my knack for uh, finding the, the ball, so to speak, uh, from doing that. But, you know, I was, my, my dad uh, played football at university, albeit for a short time, but I, you know, my cousins, uh, the Massadis, they, you know, Paul, of course, played a long time, Christian, um, got a chance to play But I grew up in kind of a football family. All my aunts, great aunts, and uncles, and grandparents—they all were bled black and gold. So, you know, from five years old, I remember going to games. And then at some point, I I didn't start playing football to grade ten. I just—I loved it. I wanted to be good at it. I I lucked out, and uh, and kind of the rest is history. It just kind of took off from there. I was just blessed to be good at catching the football and, and taking a hit even at the high school level. And, and uh, I mean, you just kind of grow from that. And I really love the game. I love being with the guys.
0: Well, I know the fans certainly loved you, Mike. Uh, congratulations on the induction and uh, enjoy Monday night. I will. Thank you very much. Thank you very much to Mike Morielli once again Monday night at Carmen's. It's the Cat's Claws Fan Club Walk of Fame Dinner. I'll be the MC, and Mike Morielli is this year's inductee, and you heard from him. He is absolutely thrilled to be going into this uh, great space at this uh, Cat's Claws Fan Club as uh, created years ago and uh, continues to nurture uh, all these uh, decades later. When we return, our fifth quarter fan of the night will dominate our player of the game as well, maybe even some more calls, emails, and tweets as well. This is the fifth quarter brought to you by Wizen's Law on AM 900 CHML. Hey, coming up, our fifth quarter fan of the night. We'll name our player of the game as well. Don't forget, Cats next in action on Friday night as they host the Ottawa Redblacks at Tim Hortons Fields. That's June 17th, 7.30 p.m. start time after the game. Come right here to AM 900 CHML for the fifth quarter. Email from Alan from Whitby. Hey, Rick, it's been a long offseason. Glad we're back in CFL mode. Uh, I thought our first two units played all right. I think Matthews played better than Masoli overall, but I think he needs to release the ball more quickly. I thought Matt Coates and Tyquan Underwood had a great game. Brett Mahar and uh, Cody Mandel were good in kicking. I thought a few guys on the offensive line played well, considering Filer and Bombin are not playing. Revenberg and Proctor are good pickups. As for the defense, Delano Johnson is a beast. Is that guy who is like 273 pounds, is he a DT or a DE? I think he was playing on the end. Him and Laurent in the middle would be awesome. I'll start the. I'll stop the email right there. Uh, Johnson right now lining up on the outside. So it's a defensive end at this point. But I think he's got the body type. You can move him inside, although I do like him on the end. Uh, Allen continues, Mike Daly should be our safety, not Steven. They need to put Steven back at cornerback. I think Mike Daly earned that safety spot last year. DeMond Washington on the other corner. Uh, Murray and Davis at DB. Can't forget Sears at DB. The guy we will miss the most, Justin Medlock. I'm still worried about that position. Maybe pick up Polardi just for some insurance. Matthews should start next week. Personally, Uh, the biggest impact would be Chad Owens on the offense and John Chick on the defense. I think Owens and banks are going to rip it up in the backfield. I think Owens has something to prove. There's no doubt about that. Thanks for the email, Alan, Anthony uh, emails. Rick, one thing of note is in the past few seasons, we struggled early. It would be great to get off to a good start this season. Um, Last season, this team started like gangbusters. I mean, they were demolishing teams, and when they lost Zach Caleros, they really limped towards the finish line. Uh, Two years ago and three seasons ago, certainly in the first two years of the Kent Austin era, uh, they did struggle out of the gate. It was, uh, for whatever reason, tough to get this team off to a winning record in the first month of the year, and then they really burned it up on Labor Day and beyond, the second half was much better in the first half for whatever reason. But last year, it was the opposite. They were killing teams in the first half. I mean, absolutely annihilating teams. You you know the story. You, you went to the games. You called into the fifth quarter. We were rejoicing after those 30- and 40-point victories. Nothing can go wrong. And then, well, it all went wrong. Uh, email from Randy. Hi, Rick. My guess is Norwood will be missed the most. Ted Laurent, John Chick, and Lyndon Gadosh, Speedy B, and others must step up. No TV today, but a variety of players performing and learning. No favorite for me today. I look forward to two weeks away and the regular season. Take care. Usky wee wee. All right. Our player of the game. This can be nominated by me tonight. Brett Maher. And, you know, we just went almost an hour of talking about Justin Medlock and how much this team is going to miss him. And I think they probably will at the end of the day because he was just so dynamite, at least on field goals. He was absolutely spectacular. But Brett Maher today, I thought, was more than solid. Played the first half, good on kickoffs, good on punts. He averaged 43 and a half yards per punt. He had two punts on the day. And he went two for two on field goals one from 36, one from 38. So for your field goal kicker, I mean, what else do you want? He's averaging 43 per punt. That's a good number in the Canadian Football League. Perfect on field goals, whether it's from 36 or 56. Mind you, you nailed a 57-yarder at practice the other day. Not missing a field goal is what you want out of your kicker. The team does not feel demoralized because, heck, he did not miss any of his kicks today. He was pretty good. Off to give him props. He's our uh, fifth quarter player of the game today. Our fifth quarter fan of the night tonight goes to our opening caller. He kicked it off, and his name was Jeff. Jeff has called into the show. Jeff, good evening. How are you? Not bad, Rick. How are you? Not too bad. Thanks for king- kicking us off here on the caller portion of the fifth quarter.
1: That's oh, an honor, man. I'm glad to, glad to be the first.
0: <laughs> good stuff. What do you want to talk about?
1: Uh, I think they should give the start for quarterback of the season to Jacoby Harris, to be honest.
0: <clears throat> okay, what do you say there?
1: We've seen Jeff Matthews. We've seen Mazzoli. I mean, either way, it's a gamble. You know, let's get some new blood out there, get him, get him going. I, I like the way he plays. You know, we haven't seen much from him, but give him a shot. Get him out there. Why not?
0: So you, you, you think maybe his ceiling is a little bit higher than the other two guys? Or you just want to see what he's able to do?
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen the other two already, so yep. why not? And I give it to Harris a shot. Let him go. Let him get out there. Let him get out there and get comfortable and and run the offense. Right.
0: What does your gut tell you in terms of what he can provide for this team?
1: I I personally I don't know why I just I personally think he can be a solid quarterback, the number two guy.
0: He certainly has the physical tools. I mean, he can throw the ball well. He's a good scrambler. He had a great career at the University of Miami with the Hurricanes down, uh, in in the NCAA. So I mean, he he can play this game. Whether he has a grasp of the playbook or can execute it on the field, we really haven't seen that for an extended period of time.
1: Exactly. So let's get him out there and give him a shot.
0: Yeah. Hey, I want to ask you about our uh, or one of our two questions today. Who, who do you think the Ticats are going to miss the most of the of the players who left? Uh, you know, like Taylor Reed or Eric Harris or Bakari Grant, uh, Justin Medlock in that crew, and and who of the newcomers do you think are going to make the biggest impact this year?
1: Well, personally, I'm going to miss Terrell um,
0: Singfield. Terrell Singfield, yeah.
1: Linkfield and Medlock, that's, that's a, that's a toss-up right there between those two.
0: Yeah, oh, they both had a huge impact last season on this team. Mm. And any of the newcomers that you're excited about, whether it's, you know, Chad Owens or John Chick or Devon Washington, maybe one of the two kickers?
1: I had a chance to meet Chad Owens at the draft party, and I liked him, and he's He's still got. He's full of energy. He's ready to rock. So I'm, I'm seeing Chad Owens.
0: Was was there any apprehension from from your part knowing that here's a former Argo, who who beat us a few times, won a great Cup for Toronto. Now he's the cat. Were Were any of those thoughts kind of in your mind as you were about to meet him?
1: Absolutely, and I, I said it to
0: him. <laughs> <laughs> what was his reply?
1: He said, "Let's do this. Let's, let's, do it. let's get it. Let's win."
0: So good to yeah. hear. And and that's and that's what you want to hear. Yep, absolutely. Hey, Jeff, thanks for the call. Uh, thanks for uh, kicking us off here on the fifth quarter. All right, thanks, George. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Our fifth quarter fan of the night, first caller of the season. And hopefully a lot more of uh, Ticats fans will be calling in and emailing and tweeting as they did all of last season. Uh, always uh, love interacting with the fans on the fifth quarter. Got a tweet from Scott uh, at Rick Samprin. I will miss Hall and Bakari Grant. They were game changers for sure. And I'm looking forward to Chad Owens scoring touchdowns. And I, I spoke to Chad. You know what? We'll, we'll play the interview. On uh, this coming Friday's edition of the fifth quarter, uh, my chat with uh, Chad Owens about and and part of it was about, you know, him coming to Hamilton after being in Toronto for so long. You know, how does that feel? Because he played in some big games against the Tiger Cats. Scored some huge touchdowns, was an electric individual, a really uh, polarizing figure, although he's, you know, just a superstar of a guy. Um, But Ticats fans loved to hate him. Now they are going to just plain love him because he's going to bring that same intensity and hopefully production in a black and gold uniform. It's going to be a lot of fun to see. All right, my time is pretty much up for producer Lisa Pileski. My name's Rick Samprin. Don't forget to uh, check out the podcast of the fifth quarter coming up on uh, iTunes. Check out the App Store as well for the CHML app. And we are back on the air next Friday night after the Ticats take on the Red Blacks. You've been listening to the fifth quarter, brought to you by Wissens Law on AM 900 CHML.